Ah, good luck. Puts on the step, goes right through, puts on the step again. Oh, go pretty. That was magnificent stuff. Well, I shall not believe them. Marshalls gets away, Marshalls gets away. Marshalls still going. Mullins opens up again. Oh, look at him go. He beats O'Davis on the outside. Hello and welcome Voluntary Tacklers, back to the Voluntary Tackle podcast for another season. The only podcast willing to take donations from the Canberra blockade of anti-vaxxers. You know, when, you, when you're making zero revenue, it's amazing how quickly you can sell out your morals. It's an interesting pastiche of people down there, you know, some of them are just against mandates, some against the vaccine, but the most interesting cohort amongst them for me are the ones that actually don't believe in viruses. I mean, that's a tough sell, you know, because it does make me wonder what they think everyone's dying of. But um, look, we've started off on a bleak note. And as you know, if you are uh, part of our core fandom, um, you know, we tend to start off on fairly dark tropes uh, from the very beginning here, um, which is why I'm going to spend the next 25 minutes talking about uh, the post-career of Quentin Pongier. I'm not going to, uh, God rest his soul. As you can hear, just me, I am solo. Uh, We were due to record our comeback session uh, with the great media watch Mario, Um, but unfortunately, there was a bit of a scheduling conflict and Mario informed me yesterday that he actually has a first aid course over the top of this session. And um, I said, no problems, mate, you go right ahead. Goodness knows you need to breathe some life into Marty to powers go forward. Um, so I thought, you know what, I'm going to fire up the mics, have a bit of a chat with you, say good day for 2022. It's been too long since we've chatted. I know this is only a one-way medium, but in my heart and in my head, I feel like I hear you guys back. Um, that's what my shrink tells me. So um, yeah, no, very, very happy to be online again. And if you're hearing any background noises and weird things, um, it's because I'm actually recording this on my balcony because uh, my baby is asleep and I'm petrified to wake him uh, because occasionally if you wake him up uh, just out of spite he never goes back to sleep I've discovered which is which is a terrible trait I'm trying to beat that out of him Uh, (laughs) no I do not hit my kid please do not call up docs so yeah I'm here on the balcony so if you hear any background noises like um, cranes or people walking by or bats or just a sound of a person screaming from under the stairs i i promise you it's all law-abiding and legitimate but it's, it's pretty exciting um the first bit of footy i watched in a little while obviously was the um the all-stars match which i thought was a, a really good standard loved it and i've got to say this you know a lot of other podcasts will talk about the game itself and and the, the team sheets uh you know the strategy the score the tries the highlights we're not interested in any of that here at the voluntary tackle because uh for me it's all about the andrew fafita story you know i've been one of his biggest critics pretty vocal over the years because he's had some pretty inconsistent form and he's done some questionable things on and off the field but i thought he was pretty hard done by last year i remember thinking at the beginning of the season this guy has really fine down he'd lost a lot of kilos for the for the first time in many many seasons it, it appeared he actually trained and tried to move about many coaches in previous seasons had sort of tried to get that through to Andrew and say look mate movement will mean you don't have that same kind of jelly looking gut that overhangs your pelvis um, and ultimately that's going to improve your performance but um, yeah it seems like the penny finally dropped 
for Andrew and he actually fined down and then he never got a run. Sort of just played in reserve grade for the most part. Um, so I felt a little bit sorry for him. So to actually see him um, in that All-Stars game was actually quite a treat and I actually thought he played quite well. Again, he looked pretty trim. He's obviously been keeping up the regimen. I can only assume that he's just wolfing down the Adam McDougall man shake uh, or the the lady shake. You know, Mad Dog is not a dumb man. He realises, I'm not going to go half the market. I'm going to need to go the lady shake. I, don't, I was looking at the back of the ingredients the other day because my dad bought some because um, it's his subtle way of saying you're getting fat, I think. Uh, there's that background noise I was talking about. I promise they're not coming from me. <laughs> Um, but yeah, I looked at the back of the ingredients, checks against most of the, the vitamins, uh, vitamin A, B, C, D, a lot of vitamin K, um, <laughs> a lot of bone broth, reused fetuses. I don't know if um, that should necessarily be something you chuck in a blender, but well done, Mad Dog. I hear you've just signed some multi-billion dollar agreement in the US to distribute, so you know they've got a pretty watered down FDA there, you can get away with anything. So good luck with your, your business model. Um, and I'm sure it'll be just as scrupulous as your blood tests were during your career. Uh, I've really gone off track here. The other guy who obviously isn't here is Big Xander Risotto, who is currently over in Italy on secondment with his job. Um, I can't go into too many details, uh, but suffice to say, he has been rowing aimlessly around the canals of Venice, talking up the game of rugby union to people who can't speak English. And um, I think even to native Italian speakers who listen to Xander talk about union, even then with that language barrier, I'm pretty sure they know that union's boring. So, um, yeah, this will be a fairly unconventional episode because it's just me and a microphone. I, I honestly just wanted to see that the equipment still works. It does. Um, it's making a, a weird buzzing sound and, and has a fair, fair few flashing lights on it. Um, it must be one of those Pete Evans COVID machines that I'm using by mistake, but um, everything appears to be working. So, um, yeah, Rugby League, I have been uh, just trying to catch myself up on all of the pre-season news. And uh, I came across an interesting article, actually, a few hours ago. I don't know if you guys have, have heard about this one yet. Um, again, I don't know why I'm asking questions down the microphone to you. You're just here to listen. You're not here to participate. This is not an interactive medium. Uh, but it's about Jared Croker. Now, everyone would know... Uh, certainly the thoughts on this show, that Jared Croker has not been his best over the last seven years. And, um, you know, he had a he had a brief apex, I'd say, uh, in terms of form, but it certainly had left his body some years ago. Um, and I was reading in this article that Jared is now embarking on a, on, upon a really radical therapy uh, to get his career back on track, and he's actually injecting stem cells into his kneecap there was a few quotes in the article from Jared that said, I couldn't even walk up the stairs. Um, I don't even think Jared needed to furnish us with an example. I mean, we've seen you play, Jared. We know movement is not your friend at the moment. It would seem in 2021 you had a similar athleticism to an asthmatic ant. Uh, we actually suggested on the podcast that potentially jettisoning your, uh, your iconic white headgear might give you a competitive edge. Because who knows, maybe that's what's slowing you down. Maybe you've, it's weighted. Maybe there's, there's like just wet cement inside it. Um, and that's why you're so slow and cumbersome. But uh, that's just a theory. Um, so that's, that's what Jared's doing. Because So there's that kind of really awkward thing going on there between Ricky and Jared. Because, you know, Ricky, you know, he wants to win. 
but knows that if he has Jared in the team, um, that they can't defend their own goal line. It's a bit like, you know, a relationship where no partner knows how to end it down there in Canberra. Uh, Ricky clearly knows this guy's a liability, uh, but, you know, he's his captain and he sort of bleeds green, probably drinking too much Mountain Dew, and doesn't want to drop him out of the team. So this seems to be the emergency plan to inject uh, Jared's knee with a considerable amount of stem cells, um, unborn fetuses and human growth hormone and just see how it reacts. But we do wish you all the best and we hope 2022 you at least exceed the speed of a horny tortoise. Uh, Dylan Napa, I don't know if anyone saw this, he made his debut in Super League, uh, took someone's head off, I think, in the first eight minutes, which was pretty out of character for Dylan. If anyone's been tracking his career, it's not his go, it's... Um, uh, he's got a, a wonderful technique where he really attacks the head. I remember the, the first three or four really high tackles that Dylan Napa did where people had their faces dented in. like they, you know, they looked like they were in the same car as Princess Di. Uh, that's the kind of damage that Dylan was inflicting on people. And for the first two or three times, people defended him. Uh, in fact, it could have been me because at the time he was playing for the Roosters. So, you know, I'm completely one-eyed when it comes to my own team, so I'm sure I did defend him initially. Um, so after the first two or three, everyone's going, oh, you know, he got unlucky, and the guy kind of, you know, dipped into it. You know those same excuses where, oh, you know, he was going for the inside shoulder and he just mistimed it. And then I think after about the fourth or fifth time, everyone went, nah, Dylan's fucked. You're just a violent, you're a violent man, um, and you might be doing this on purpose. So anyway, so it's good to see he's really changed his spots over there in Super League. Um, we hope the guy lives who he hit. I think it's at this stage unclear. Um, he's on some kind of a respirator. So well done on making a splash, Dylan, in the Super League. Can't say the same for your fellow countryman, Mitch Pierce, who was virtually unsighted for the Catlins, I believe, in his first game. I, I'm only getting that third hand from a couple of people. I couldn't bear to watch Mitch again. Um, he's out of the country. I thought that was that was my right. I reserved my right not to watch him kick a ball dead in the red zone ever again. I'm not letting it happen. Um, you know, for too many hours of therapy to go back on that now. Uh, what else have we got here? Rule changes again. I mean, you know, actually, the ones I've heard about, I haven't even gone through them all yet, but the ones I've heard about actually seem fairly logical. Um, everyone knows everyone was rorting the six again rule by lying on them in the first tackle. So I believe they've made it so that you... Uh, it's a just standard penalty if it's within the 40-metre zone of your own line. I believe that's the rule. Um, it's an unreliable source. It's coming from Media Watch Mario, so it's probably erroneous. Um, but uh, that one seems to be completely common sense. But I do worry that there's a, there's a suite or a raft of rules that I haven't read about yet that I'm going to hate. And uh, I try not to anger up my blood too early in the piece. I, I prefer to watch those rule changes go live in front of my eyes um, and then become irate about it later, uh, which I'm sure I will be. Now, before I go on, um, something that is a bit of a TVD tradition, if you don't mind. Oh, yeah. That's my first beer for the night. Um, that's how you know getting old. Um, I'm on a great northern mid-strength because it's a weeknight and i got to get up early. And uh, I've got to be prepared for the fact that I might be going in the middle of the night to soothe a child. 
when they're waking up and going ballistic. So, um, so I'm on the mid-strength. It tastes like beer, but it doesn't have that same effect where I feel like I want to go out and glass someone, uh, which is a shame, you know, because that's the only real reason I drink beer. Ah, but it does taste good. Uh, breaking news tonight, I don't know if anyone saw it, the Dragons, uh, who have just a recent history of making really astute decisions on the cusp of the, of the season, uh, they've re-signed Hook for another two years. A ball hasn't been kicked, and they've waited until a few weeks from kickoff to go, you know what, Hook's doing well. He must have had a fucking great off-season. He must have knocked the fucking executive socks off with the way he's whipped them into a frenzy. Uh, because it can't have been based on last season, can it? Like, what What do they win, about seven games? Where's Giannis? What are, I don't know what their win-loss ratio was, because, I mean, like most of the rugby league public, I stopped watching Dragons games about halfway through. You know, I'd much prefer to just drown myself in chloroform, um, unless that delightful Tariq Sims is playing, which is rare, because he's often injured. Um, so... That's an interesting one, isn't it? That's a ballsy move, and I'm using the word ballsy quite loosely there because uh, it could just be really fucking dumb. Uh, and, you know, you've got to go back and even just look at Hook's overall first-grade career. This is not Wayne Bennett or Craig Bellamy uh, or Tim Sheens. This isn't someone with a really impressive win-loss ratio. I mean, he had a stint up there with the Broncos uh, that wasn't great. It was all right, but it was the Broncos who were... Still a decent team back then. Um, and then, you know, he actually was going all right. He had a bit of a stint out of the game and, and went all right at Penrith before being knifed by the great Gus Gould in some weird tussle out west that we'll never know the full details of. Uh, and then he had another big stint off. And I don't know if anyone knows this, but because I'm a big um, LinkedIn man, I'm linked to Griffin on um, LinkedIn. Somehow we're friends. I don't know how that works. Uh, but he does these updates. He's, I think he did like motivational, corporate motivational speaking, which I think every retired rugby league coach goes into. It's like a default thing. It's like doing community service. You can't not do it, apparently, because they all do it. And, you know, occasionally <laughs> what a lot of these guys will do is they'll put up a post every three or four days that's supposed to be stirring and motivational. And sometimes they actually are. Like I'll, I'll get ones from Mark Boris and I go, oof, I got a bit hard over that one. That was... That hit me in a, a deep place, Mark. Uh, by the way, keep keep buying those premierships for the tricolours, please. Mark, I've got to say, Anthony Griffin's ones, not so stirring. <laughs> that that was my big red flag as a coach because he had all the time in the world to think about these little posts that he was putting up. No insight. They weren't very catchy. There was nothing poetic about them. They didn't really say much. And when I watched the Dragons play last season, I go... That is classic hook. That's They're playing just like that. So, um, yeah, ballsy decision. They've re-signed him. I wonder if he's got something on the executive. I wonder if there's some blackmail going on there where somehow he's worked out that, you know, three or four of the guys on the board have been bankrolling these Canadian trucky blockades or, um, you know, they're somehow linked to, you know, Hillary Clinton QAnon groups or something like that. Because it does seem very peculiar that he's managed to curry favour so early in the season. And it's not as though either they've necessarily attracted this swathe of talent. Everyone's rushing to play under Anthony Griffin. That would not appear to be the case either. Um, a lot of new faces, and that's generous. I think there's four or five people that have never played league 
but they've just pulled them in for the numbers, as you would a park touch football club. They've got Sloan. That guy's amazing. Um, and I believe Corey Norman has finally been assassinated and won't be playing. Uh, it was a bloody coup in the end, and he was removed a bit in the same way that Gaddafi was uh, from Cogra slash Illawarra. Uh, Wollongong, where, where the fuck their base is. Oh, do you know what I say to you, St George Illawarra? Forget this playing out of Cogra and playing out of win. Just play exactly in the middle. In the same way Sydney and Melbourne chose Canberra, which is a fucking hole that no one would have ever gone to, and they went, here is the middle. We're going to start a civilization here. I want that club to do the same thing. And I don't even know where it is. I could pull out Google Maps. I'm not going to do it, but I'm probably going to suggest it somewhere um, around... Well, let me think. Let's try and work it out. Probably be Yarrawarra, I'd say. Um, just start a club there, build a ground. There might even be one there, I don't know. It's probably not out a lot out there. Uh, it's probably just a bunch of trees. Could be Bundina, the halfway point. It doesn't really matter. Uh, all really matters is that a compromise has been reached. And I think that club will really pull itself together if they do base themselves out of Bundina. So I watched The Tinder Swindler the other day on Netflix. I don't know if anyone's watched that one. It's about this guy who scams women by pretending to be something he's not. And I remember thinking, isn't that just fucking Tinder? <laughs> That's just the whole thing, isn't it? Um, I, I'm so happy that I met my wife just before the advent of the dating apps because I think I would have been just that dickhead um, not picking up, obviously. No, it was dreadfully unsuccessful with the opposite sex. But just that guy that would just have a, a picture that was constantly swiped. Is it left? The wrong way. Um, and then probably would have developed a complex. Uh, would have went out and got some chin implants. Probably would have worked out for the first time and at least made my flabby man boobs slightly more taut. Um, and it would have really wrecked my life. I love my man boobs. I'm, I'm glad I've got them. And I'm true to myself uh, that I've never been on on tinder uh so yeah watch the tinder swindle and the other thing i've been doing is playing wordle which has absolutely swept the world i don't know if anyone's played that but essentially it's on this, this app word game uh which seems really simple but it's it's quite fun um but this is my gripe with it right they only let you do one puzzle a day i mean it, it has the app has the capacity to give you more than that but it chooses not to like it's it's the cock tease of apps um, and for that reason, I've dumped Wordle and I've gone with the Russian knockoff, um, which is a bit annoying in itself because once you solve five puzzles in a row, you have to invade the Ukraine, which is, I think, unfair. Um, and for me at the moment in, in Sydney, uh, logistically a fucking nightmare. So I'm not happy about that. Um, what else is going on? Sorry, I have scrolled a few notes on my arm. Um, talking points, I guess you could call them. I've got six and... Um, I'm in trouble because I think the seventh one is a mole. Um, so <laughs> I haven't got too many left. Dolphins. Yeah, interesting to see how the... Look, that's how good my notes is. It just says dolphins, question mark. I haven't read about them. I haven't read much. Uh, I just know they've chased a bunch of people unsuccessfully and there's been a lot of memes about them recruiting people who are over the hill. Um, you know, Wayne Bennett appears to be going for players who are his chronological contemporary. You know, people who were born just before the war, which is an interesting tactic um, to recruit essentially an old age home team 
um, especially in the year of COVID. I mean, you, one sneeze could wipe out your whole squad. So I don't think it's going to work. But um, I look, at, the thing about it is it's pretty simple. If you're a betting man, this is, it's, I'll put this out for everyone that loves a, bit of, loves a bet. It's Wayne Bennett. He's never unsuccessful. It doesn't matter what project he gets involved with. Um, and, and, and this is the thing about Bennett, which is always a bit curious to me, is unlike Bellamy and, and other coaches who are of a similar ilk, who never get doubted, Wayne Bennett has this weird tendency where people doubt him. Like, oh, I think this is the year he's really lost his marbles. It's like, well, what are you basing that on? His unmitigated success for his entire 38-year career or whatever it's been. Um, he'd very rarely been out of the eight. I mean, I'm going to put it out there. I think the guy knows what he's doing and relentlessly bringing in his age as if the game has left him. I mean, you've just got to be guided by the facts, don't you? He's one of the most successful coaches of all time. He will make the Dolphins a success. And he'll make, in his tenure, he won't just set it up for future success. Like, you know, the poor old West Tigers, who have put in a 48-year plan under under Madge. Madge is hoping the Tigers are sort of successful around the same time we're colonising Mars. Um, so he's got a very long runway to get them into the eight. And I've got to be honest, I don't know if they're going to make it. Uh, but I won't drift on to Madge because I know it It makes uh, Big T very angry in particular when I... <laughs> when I hammer away at Madge. Um, so because I love you, big fella, I'm going to stop there and I'm not going to I'm not going to go any further. I mean, I've got plenty more to say, um, as you know. South, how will South go this year without Wayne? I think, you know, if you're talking about clubs that are going to go forward and clubs that are going to go backwards, I get the feeling South, and this is not just because of my inherent hatred, I promise you, um, South's are going to be one of those teams because of the Wayne Bennett factor. It is that alone is going to take them down several notches. Uh, not to mention the fact that there is some talent that is disappearing from that squad as well. Um, namely, Mr. Adam Reynolds, who is a major linchpin in that team. Um, so, yeah, I still think they're going to be competitive. It would be very, you'd be a very brave man to say they're going to fall out of the eight. But for me, they're at the bottom end of the eight this year and the other team that's been questioned is the storm and you know people are saying and they do it's a broken record but people say is there cracks appearing in the facade of this this monolith of success and a quick answer no they will be very successful again because craig bellamy is there it, you know i mean this will come as no surprise to the vast majority of you but you know he's the reason really that that club is a success. It's the culture and it's the process and the belief that he instills, not just in the 17 people who take the park, but the whole organisation. Um, and so long as Craig is there running things and pouring over every micro detail, the Melbourne Storm will be successful. Again, just a pretty easy bet. Um, so lock them in for the top eight as well. Well, I've probably rambled long enough. I, I hope everyone's well. Um, I hope you're all pumped up for another footy season. We'll be back to do a proper preview of the season with Media Watch Mario and hopefully Xander Rosotto if he's, you know, finished boring the socks off Silvio Bilasconi about um, the problems with rugby union's ruck area. So until next time, just do what Novak Djokovic would do 
and be really afraid of a fairly benign needle, while at the same time pumping yourself full of electrolytes from dubious sports companies. See you next time.